three, two, welcome back to the show, everybody. <laughs> we had to cut out a bunch of BS in the beginning that didn't work out, so hopefully this works. <laughs> Let's try that again. It was all hilarious, but you have to pay for the Patreon to hear it. There you go, exactly. Buy the Patreon, buy the mug, don't forget to buy the bowls. And if you don't get that reference, just listen to the episode prior. <laughs> we dropped hot, hot new merch collabs. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the bowls? The bowls, man. We that's what we're getting into. Yeah, forget mugs. We're getting into the bowls. <laughs> Maybe some spoons to go along with it. But yeah, no, I did like the energy of the last uh the last episode. But then again, you know, we were drinking, so that might have something to do with it. Drinking always helps. Yes. Every right. time. Drinking always helps. Uh which, you know, proof positive was uh you know last week when we had our little we guys we had a night out with a with a mutual friend of ours hitting up uh oh man i'm trying to remember the we name. hit up uh, the bella stara stella barra oh, stella, stella barra stella barra on main street in in santa monica a little just north of venice so and we all just get you know a simple basic pitcher of spicy margarita it was delightful you know what it's like all they had to say was we got a pitcher of margarita like say less say less yeah but then they continued said you have to share you guys told me to share i thought it, i thought <laughs> that pitcher was just for me you know i didn't know that you know 50 bucks could buy so much happiness and then i had to <laughs> share it i was like ah oh, crap this is bullshit anyway but no the pizza is delicious the drinks were delicious i wish we had a booth or a table instead of sitting at the bar i look i didn't mind sitting at the bar no it, it kind of worked out because we we had the corner you know because once you get to three people it's hard to sit in like in a row mm-hmm. so having the corner it all just kind of worked out it wasn't too bad pizza was delicious oh my god and then just the the trio of dipping sauces which you know it's not it's nothing fancy the bread like the dough the crust was just so nice and kind of like it was just delicious. It was good bread, yeah, good pizza, good time. Quality pizza definitely worth uh, worth the price. And then we hit up uh, the other bar, which I don't know that I ever caught the actual name. It just had a big sign saying "Locals Only." But like they had that one drink, and I didn't get it, but I'm going to next time. What was it? It was tequila and cold brew. And some other oh, things. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah. You know, you saw it. You didn't get it, but you were going to. I did not get that because that sounds terrifying, but I'm so fucking curious. Dude, I told you you should have gotten it, man. That was that sounded great. I wasn't in the mood to test the limits of my stomach that night. Uh, you, why do you refuse to live? I'm trying to continue to live my life, uh, not end it early. Uh, it sounds like loser talk. Anyway, <laughs> next time, next time. Ended up getting a, an actual spicy margarita there instead because that pitcher of margaritas was good, but it was not that spicy. The one over at uh, this bar, that's pretty good spice to it. Ashland Hill. <laughs> really? That's what it was called? I never would have guessed that. Yes, Ashland Hill. Let's see. Chill hangout with Stylish Patio, turning out inventive pub fare, craft beer, and gin cocktails. Yeah, definitely a uh, cute little spot, nice little patio in the back anyway ashland hill yeah was a great a great selection of drink of uh, cocktails uh i think i had the what was it it was something with tequila was it another margarita i'm pretty sure you had the margarita it's a safe bet with me and margaritas um look i like old fashions i like kind of like whiskey drink but 
I don't know. Maybe now that I'm older, I'm just like I'm, I like the clear out liquors. You know, gin, tequila, vodka. Vodka, I'm still wary of, but I like me some good tequila. It's very easy to get bad vodka because just like the, the one that burns and just ah. I mean, same with tequila. Tequila can be a little tough because some people are just like, oh, I love this tequila, and it's just like all it is is just a s- acid. It's just acid, and it's just like, oh, we've got really bad tequila. And then the good tequila, people just shoot it, and no, you're supposed to just like take your time. Just take a drink and a sip. Yeah, sip it. Taste the booze. Anyway. Okay. So, yeah, Ashland Hill was really great, We and yeah, it was just a good night out. I also ended up with hanging out with another friend, and we hit up Playa Provisions. Oh, yes. Uh, I did see I this did in the store. I did not eat, but I did drink. That's always the best thing. The, That's always the best night. Yeah, the the semi-hidden bar in the back, uh, which was also a really cool little spot. Um, pretty dim, pretty heavy on the, the whiskey stuff. I will say that was a weird night in that I, didn't, I did not intend this, but every drink that I ordered throughout the night kept getting bigger and stronger, and that's not the right direction to go. Why? You just kept like, hey, you know this drink? I want to have another. It's like, so you want another well, one? Yeah. And then they heard, okay, he wants two of them. And then they put two. No, no. It was like, I, I started not knowing what we were going to do for the night. So I got a beer. And then we went to the bar and I got some fancy cocktail and it came in tiny little coupe glass. It was nice. And then I got another drink and it came in like a proper glass and it was very full. So everything just got bigger and stronger. Got it. Got it. Because I didn't know what the drinks were when I was ordering them. Like one of them was uh, the Dorcas Malorcus. I, I, I did see that from the uh, photo you posted on your stories. Uh, this drink, I think it was like a, uh, it was a whiskey drink in a rocks glass, kind of similar mm-hmm. to kind of an old fashioned, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, it looked good. You get your choice of bourbon, uh, or, it was bourbon tasty. or rye. I'm more of a rye guy just because I, I like savory. I like the savory taste. I like salty, not sweet. Yeah, I went with the uh, the bourbon. So, yeah, so uh, let's like see. The sweet. Dorcas Malorcus bourbon or rye. And then don't know what Cynar is, C-Y-N-A-R, some dry vermouth, and Fernet Branca. Fernet Branca. Okay, yeah, those are all different liqueurs and cordials to kind of just uh, like bring out different flavors. Sounds like a refreshing clash. I yeah, wish I was there, even though that name is horrible for the drink. You could call it literally. Dorcas Malorcus. You can call it literally anything else. And everyone will be like, okay, I'm going to order that because that just sounds delicious. But now, yeah, you give it a name like Dorcas Malorcus. And that's exactly why I ordered it. I would have just called it a DM. You know what? There you go. Boom. Just call it the DM. You know, if I showed up, and this drink was called the DM. I would not have ordered it. Oh, get, I get out! Of only it. ordered it because it was called the Dorcas Malorcus. Uh, look, it's fine. Like it's funny to say it once, but then if you have to order it again, it's just like, oh, don't make me say the stupid name. It gets it gets funnier every time. Just give me another one of what I just had, a Dorcas Malorcus. Just fucking the Dorcas Malorcus. I stand up. I say it with my chest. Say it proudly, sir. I will have. Another Dorcas Malorcus. It's funny the things guys will say out loud, but you know, <laughs> some <laughs> some things that were just like I don't want to say it out loud. Like oh, I don't want to order a, cos- a cosmopolitan. <laughs> it's like, can I get another Cosmo here? I or uh, can I get a, an Appletini? <laughs> I would never order an Appletini. 
if Dorcas Malorcas is on the menu, because that's what I'm getting every time. I need something fun, something interesting and adventurous. Well, order an apple teeny and a bar full of dudes. <laughs> that sounds adventurous. It just sounds like ordering candy. Well, yeah, I mean, that basically is. It's apple like, teeny doesn't even sound like a real drink to well, me. Yeah. It just sounds like one of those faux cocktails. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just an apple martini. So just a martini, but with like flavored liquor, and, you know, tastes like an apple. So, of course, that's, that's why. It's like apple martini, apple teeny. There you go. That's what it is. That was a solid breakdown. <laughs> yes, th- that's what everyone tunes into this podcast for. We're just like, hey, Rudy, can you break down the ingredients of this drink? We should do another uh, another cocktail episode, a little mixology. Yeah, I know. We should. Uh, well, I mean, the holidays are coming up, so plenty of reasons to nurse that alcoholism. Hooray! Uh, you catch any movies while you were out there, Tyler? I did. Actually, this Wednesday, I, I caught The Woman King. Viola Davis. I have been meaning to see that. Uh, the trailer is pretty amazing. And before you, before everyone listening to the podcast try to rush over and send us a message about how the events in the movie don't exactly line up to what actually happened in real life, I'm aware. I have seen that, what is it, the TikTok? They cut scenes from the movie to uh like a little like motion capture of like a camera scrolling through the uh, Wikipedia that says what oh, actually happened. Really? And then with like the, the stock, vo- the stock uh, sound of like a dude laughing. Oh shit. So, I've not seen this one. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it and it was just like, uh, all right, whatever, fine. But it's like, you know, if we're going to start picking, you know, <laughs> we're still splitting hairs. I mean, the Alamo, like that movie didn't exactly play out like actual events. <laughs> well, you know which movie I kept thinking about was actually uh, Braveheart. Really? That's the one that like it's been a while since I've seen Braveheart, but like that was a really good movie. It's very mm. like hooray for the people, hurrah! But also not the most accurate historically speaking, right? Mm-hmm. You know, fighting oppression and all that. So yeah, so, so that didn't happen. He didn't give that rousing speech or paint their faces and shit. Well, at no point did they turn around and moon the enemies. So that was the biggest disappointment. Oh, you're you're saying that Mel Gibson lied to me? <laughs> you're saying that Mel Gibson is not exactly. someone you should trust? Uh, yeah, I, I feel like I unbelievable. I know I did the research at some point about Willem Wallace, but like I don't I don't remember the details. But yeah, it played out a little differently for him. Really? You're saying that Mel Gibson just uh, exaggerated certain historical events so it looks awesome in a movie? Yeah. Yeah. Like he didn't. I know. It was like the one time he did that, right? It's like, so you're saying he didn't fucking like take on the entire British military to avenge Heath Ledger's death? Wait, he le- Heath Ledger died in that movie, right? The Patriot? Oh, The Patriot? Um, I don't know. I don't even know if I actually watched I just, it. All I, remember it. It, all I remember is him charging with the fucking flag and he stabbed some British dude. With, he impaled some British dude with it or something. Yeah. Doesn't matter if it happened or not. Look cool. Yeah, it looked cool. <laughs> I like fucking America. Let's go. All right. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. But that's kind of how the Woman King was too. Like, I, I won't say I did the research on the Dahomey, but like I, I heard some podcast interviews where they were talking about how like, yeah, the core of their entire economy was the slave trade. Mm-hmm. Now, they were a very small part of the slave trade overall. 
But for for them, yeah, it was a very big part of their community. Yeah, it's like and they weren't completely responsible for the slave trade, but you know they did engage in it. So it's like you know, yeah. But the slave trade is directly responsible for them prospering. Yes. So they definitely undersell how much the Dahomey were involved in it. Right. And they are attacking another tribe who's also profiting off of the slave trade as the Dahomey are trying to end it themselves. Now, my understanding from casually hearing stuff on podcasts that I will not refer to as research. So bullshit. Uh, they, well, they, they did on their own. Yeah. And the practice of the slave trade within the, like their own community. So that's something that they did do. Um, and then they turned it to like selling palm oil. And I guess that was their, their substitute. And it worked out for them for a while. And then also the other big thing about them was just how equal men and women were in this tribe. And that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Now you have a little bit of just the, like, drama with a couple of the individual soldiers and you don't really get a whole lot of time exploring like their society but it's a kick-ass action movie and there's some great fight scenes yeah no the movie and there's not a lot of movies of black women kicking ass like this and i support it yeah no the movie was pretty kick-ass i mean or looks pretty kick-ass and i'm I was super interested. I mean, you know, it's kind of like a similar vibe of the Dora Milaje of uh, Black Panther. Mm-hmm. But, uh, kind of like the thing that would inspire making the stories about the, the Black Panther. But yeah, you know, that's the thing about trying to make movies about historical events like that. You know, the the truth of the matter never lines up with what actually happened. Similar with, uh, you know, like I said before, like the Alamo, where they try to portray like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you know, these, these you know, rebels like stood up to the Mexican government. And then you realize, oh, no, the Mexican government was trying to shut down slavery. And these <laughs> assholes were trying to like keep the slave trade going. And, you know, they're not really heroic. And the army gave them every chance to leave. But they were just like, no, we're going to stay here. And then they started. So, yeah, so it's a whole thing. So, yeah. So, you're saying the first thing they did was forget the Alamo and then rewrite what happened. Exactly. Yeah. They rewrote it. It's like, remember the Alamo? These Mexicans killed our... Like, what what were they doing there? They were practicing slavery. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I will say one of the weird things on uh, The Woman King that I looked up after the fact, uh, one of the main actors, she joins the the soldiers and Viola Davis looks at her like, how old are you? She says, she's 19. You look like a child. And she does. She looks very young. And so I looked it up and she's fucking 30. The actress. The actress is 30 and she looks like she could play a teenager. Uh, yeah, I know. It happens. It happens sometimes in Hollywood. Well, I mean, sometimes. Hmm. It happens a lot of times in Hollywood. Uh, there was this one actress. I'm trying to remember her name. But she, uh, yeah, she she played teenagers like deep into her 30s. I think I think even uh, the the girl who played Knives Chow was like, like in her late twenties, early thirties. Really? Yeah. Yeah. She looked like she was fourteen. Yeah, I know. Crazy, right? Uh, no, I really do want to see it though. I re. Uh, you should. I highly recommend it for everybody. Okay. Um, the other one I'm going to see this weekend is the one surrounded by all kinds of controversy. Don't worry, darling. Don't worry, darling. Yes, I do want to see that. 
Because um, myriad factors. Number one, uh, I've had a crush on Olivia Wilde forever. And <laughs> but, you know, this whole the whole drama that surrounded this whole the release of the movie and the production of the movie, it kind of turned me off from uh, from just a li- I don't know. It's like it seems like she's trying her hardest to navigate through all this. And she's presenting the positive attitude because as long as she's positive, no one can mistake her for being, you know, the angry woman, the, you know, the bitch. Because, like, she's trying, sure. she's being positive about it. So that's why, you know, like, all this whole thing, like, the whole how, hey, how come Florence Pugh, the star, is barely doing any press for this movie or even mm-hmm. mentioning it on Instagram? You'd think the star of the movie would be the person who'd be like, hey, go watch my movie. You know, I really like yeah, making, making the rounds. Yeah, but no, pretty much radio silence. Uh, and then all the, and of course, the, the reason is that, well, she's busy shooting. Uh, part two of Dune. So that's why, you know, that's why she hasn't been, you know, available. But, and then the whole to do with uh, uh, Olivia fi- falling in love with Harry Styles uh, while they were making the movie is probably the reason why Florence was just upset because while they were busy, you know, canoodling and she sure. was like can we hurry up and shoot this movie please and she also had, well, she had issue with some of the stuff that was in the movie i'm very curious to see it the trailer had me sold immediately mm-hmm. and now with all the controversy i'm like oh this is going to be terrible but now i kind of want to see it even more uh i love that some of the controversy is that harry styles who every woman under 25 fucking loves is apparently a really shitty actor Oh my God, you don't say. Are you telling me that that a person who is very good looking turns out to be really bad at something? Hey, look, I remember being pissed when I found out that Justin Timberlake was actually a good actor. I was like, God damn it, he can act too? Fuck this guy. Okay, hey, yeah. he's, he's got a sense of humor about himself? What an asshole. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He, so, did, he did have a nice brief uh, acting career that was pretty good. Yeah, like he wasn't amazing, but like he was... Totally serviceable and perfectly fine. Uh, but apparently Harry Styles, like, he should just not speak. He doesn't look like the type. I'm going to call it right now. Within five years, there's going to be a horrible sex-related scandal with him. Really? He, he fucked somebody over, did something wrong. I'm going to call it right now. That's my prediction. Well, I mean, he did break up a marriage, quote-unquote. <laughs> it's going to be something worse than that. Because the rumor was that, like, oh. It's like they hooked up while Olivia was still married to um, uh, Jason Sudeikis, and which some people speculate that Florence Pugh like really liked Jason, like they were re- they were good friends. Well, because Jason Sudeikis is hilarious and a good actor. Yeah, and I think she and I think she wanted to be on Ted Lasso. I think. She still can be. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, yeah, like I said, I think maybe because of the production, it's like that screwed over a chance for to be in Ted Lasso and all that stuff. So I don't know, but yeah, that that's the reason why I want to see this movie as well. Is I want to see how big of a dumpster fire it is, which is disappointing because I remember when Booksmart came out and everyone was saying, "Oh my God, Olivia Wilde is a genius," and she totally deserved it because that movie was great. Great performances by Caitlin Deaver and Beanie Feldstein as the two as the two girls, like the two straight laced mm-hmm. girls who wanted like one night of wild teenage debauchery, I guess, before they go to college. And I loved uh, Billy Lord as pretty much like the Neil Patrick Harris character from Harold and Kumar Go to White <laughs> Castle. Like she's just the she's like basically a cartoon character. Nice. So. 
<laughs> and she played it really well. And so, yeah, so that's why I was excited about Don't Worry Darling, because I was like, oh, man, it's her sophomore film. She's freaking came from Booksmart, and now she's going to do this. And now it's just this giant train wreck. And now I just want to see how high, how high this dumpster burns. Exactly. So it's going to be fun. It's gonna, it looks, yeah, it looks like fun. Definitely got to check it out. I, I'm pretty, a lot of the reviews saying it's just like, uh, it tries to be this uh, this great feminist allegory, uh, you know, basically the same as like, you know, the Stepford Wives and other movies like in the 80s that kind of played with those, you know, feminist tropes. But it just doesn't do it as well. It's going to be exciting. So, yeah, that's good. Um, it, <laughs> it, while looking up some of the stuff for uh, Don't Worry Darling, I managed to find something this uh this new kind of thing called uh trad wife which is I like a newest no idea what which is, is a quote-unquote aesthetic or slash hashtag slash lifestyle whatever but trad wife means traditional wife which is basically this kind of like uh holding up the you know the traditional uh expectations of a wife like you know being a stay-at-home mom and blah blah, blah as like being the best and that somehow feminism tricked women into not wanting that. <laughs> Ew. So, yeah. So, it, there was a great article that kind of just broke that down. It's like, no, you're not mad at feminism. You're mad at capitalism. Capitalism fucked yeah. that over. Because wage stagnation made it so that you don't have houses with just, like, one provider. So, yeah. so that's why. So, that was just a little reminder. I just thought it was pretty funny. Just how, like, oh, why can't it be that way? It's because fucking wages suck. That's why. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's that's why. Because like, if if wages didn't suck, trust me, there'd be plenty of one-income families. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. So your beef is with capitalism, not feminism. Anyway, uh, one thing I am excited about, which is not a movie, but it is, uh, it's a TV series. Now look, Tyler, you've known me for a while. Would you? S- I have. Would you say? Uh, <laughs> it took a while for you to say it, but yes, I'm glad. I'm glad you followed it up. Um, would you say that I am a fan of reality shows? Um, no, not particularly. Yes. No, I do not like them. I do not like them, Sam. I am. (laughs) Uh, I hate, I hate a lot of reality shows. I mean, The Bachelor or Survivor or Big Brother or anything that way. Like, I'm not a fan. I can't understand why people are obsessed with. However, there was one exception. This show back all the surreal life. No. <laughs> oh, come on. That was pretty good. No. There was one exception. Around 2001, there was a little reality show, a reality game show that came out. Do you remember a show called The Mole? Vaguely? <laughs> well, I'm here to remind you that it was one of the greatest. Please remind me. It was one of the greatest reality game shows of all time, but it got eclipsed by the likes of Survivor and just other bullshit shows that to this day, no one like, yeah, it's it's complete garbage is what I'm here to tell you. All right. The Mole was a reality game show hosted by Anderson Cooper. That's right. Anderson Cooper from CNN. <laughs> fucking, yeah, the white-haired guy, you know, friend, friends with Andy Cohen and uh, uh, what's her face? Um, Kathy Griffin. That Anderson. Giggles a lot when he gets drunk. Giggles a lot. On New Year's. Yeah, famous giggler. 
<laughs> like Anderson Cooper hosted a reality game show where uh, it featured a bunch of contestants working together as a group to add money to a pot through different challenges. The secret, though, is that one of the contestants is actually a plant for the show meant to sabotage the others from making all the money. Basically, the mole. So, okay. And the whole point of the game is that throughout each episode, you know, with with all the different challenges, all the players have to figure out who among them is the mole. Near the end of the episode, they all take a quiz and all the questions would be about the events of that episode and just who like they, you know, did the mole do this? You know, basically just break down who they think is the mole based on the stuff they did during the show. The person with the lowest score on the quiz gets eliminated and then it all gets down to the final three where you find out who the who's the winner, who's the loser, and who is the mole. Okay. And it was great and amazing. There was there was so much intrigue. There were all these great events. They traveled different parts of the world. Just mwah, it was just great. Feels like the thing that doesn't really need to travel the world for. That's like true. They could just do that in anywhere. Yeah, they could. They could. But you know, they had a budget, and you know, it's Anderson Cooper. Come on, it's Anderson Cooper. You uh, got to take him someplace nice. <laughs> I think that sounds like an awesome idea. I feel like I would be a pretty good mole. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like looking back at the show, I was like, hmm, could I be a very convincing mole? And I don't know, because I feel like anytime we have like kind of a group game. Everyone suspects me of being up to something right off the bat, just because, just because Rudy's the smart one, smart enough to betray me. So boom, he's the villain. And I'm like, what the hell? See, for me, it's always that nobody believes me when I tell the truth. Everybody believes me when I'm lying. It's a really weird situation to be in. I well, that's the thing. It's like I have it where no one believes me when I tell the truth. And everyone knows when I'm lying. So it's like, even so I, I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. They're just like, uh, you shouldn't do that. No, he's lying. And they're like, no, I, I was telling the truth, but you didn't believe me. But then, yeah, I can't even do the opposite where just like I'll lie and they'll believe me. So I don't know. I don't think I'd make, I would either make a very terrible mole or maybe somehow I can get away with it. But uh, maybe not for long. Maybe not for long. I think I'd be a pretty good mole. <laughs> <laughs> like here, here, the tactic is you have to try really hard to make sure that you win while also making it seem like other people fuck up yeah that's the thing it's like if you're smart enough in the game the mole can make people believe that when someone fucks up that they weren't fuck that they intentionally fucked up mm-hmm. see that's the that's the levels of this show just the fact that you can mess up and then people think not only lo- you lose them money but then you get <laughs> you get people to think like, oh, he's the they're the mole, they're the mole. Even though that and the, when you quote unquote make a mistake that costs you know time or whatever, you have to be like legitimately angry about everything in the world. Like ah, oh, fuck this. Yeah, so mad that I made this mistake. Ah. So I think, and that's the brilliant of it because like some people will just assume you're the mole just because you screwed up, and then they get eliminated because it turns out you weren't the mole. But mm-hmm. the mole would do that kind of behavior. But they're like screwed up. It's like, oh, no, I didn't screw up. and Or just tell them like, hey, he screwed up. They're the mole. That's why I kind of like okay, this. Okay, so when's this coming back? So the mole is coming back October 7th. So you get plenty of time <laughs> when this episode comes out. Like, that's what I was hoping for. So like this so this Friday, it'll come out this Friday. Uh, it'll It's three weeks, new batches of episode uh, releasing each week. Which I think is a smart move by Netflix, because if you want to build 
excitement for a reality show where you find out who the winner is, you can't just like drop all the episodes. It's very true. Yeah, especially if it's like kind of a mystery and you want people to kind of follow along and try to guess, try to outguess the contestants who like who they think is the mole. Yeah, it, you know, like I enjoy binging shows, but really it is better doing them once a week. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so it's better for everybody to like you know join the conversation, people to catch up. Yeah, no, it's just it's better for everything. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, October 7th, it's a three week event that starts October 7th and it's hosted by Alex Wagner, who's a anchor on MSNBC. So they're kind of following the same pattern of just like getting some kind of news person to host the show. So, okay. So yeah, I'm very excited. It was one of the best, uh, reality game shows, but it was in the shadow of, you know, Survivor, because, you know, everyone was already like, oh, Survivor this, Survivor that. And now that, you know, I mean, there's still a very ardent fan base for Survivor, but now that it doesn't have the, the social cachet, the cultural cachet anymore, there might be a chance for the mole to come back. And I remember just being a big fan of the show, and it broke my heart when they didn't come back. Well, it kind of came back as a celebrity version, which was kind of fun in its own way. But at the end, it just never kind of captured the original magic. So I'm hoping that they do. Yeah, you really need more like, you know, just people. Yeah, you need stakes. But like characters. Yeah, yeah. Like, look, the celebrity versions were kind of fun as on their own, but, you know, they didn't really have any big stakes because it was all like for charity but yeah this is like real people they're trying to figure this out and then just the the natural just charisma of weirdos trying you're going to different countries and trying to compete for this money and trying to figure out who's the mole all right well i want to watch this but it does have stiff competition because i believe it's coming out on the same day as wednesday the new Adams Family show. Oh, wait, is that also October 7th? It's either October or November 7th, but October feels more appropriate. Damn, wait, oh, it's coming out in November. That's some bullshit. Yeah, you gotta wait, man. You gotta wait. Oh, yeah, November 23rd. Bullshit. It's Adams Family. That's gotta be in October. Why would you not drop Adams Family in October? Because uh, uh, The Walking Ooh. Dead. I don't know. Maybe? Is it The Walking Dead? Yeah. I don't know. Well, nobody's watching The Walking Dead. I'm watching The Walking Dead. Last man standing. (laughs) No, but I did see a trailer for another uh, show on Netflix, which is apparently already on. I I did not realize it had already dropped or that it was even coming out. But I got to say, really happy that the show exists now. Chad and JT go deep. Do you remember Chad and JT? No. Chad and JT go deep are a couple of guys from orange county who kept going into uh, uh government <laughs> meetings oh, wait, city council yeah, meetings yeah. oh yeah to rally support to build a paul walker statue that, no yeah you're right you're right i and to <sighs> spread the stoke yes yes uh yeah they they are Modern day, real life Bill and Ted's. Yes, uh, yeah. For those who aren't <laughs> familiar, yeah, Chad and JT are just these two, these two comedian, I guess comedians <laughs> or content yeah, they're creators. Because these are characters they're putting. Yeah, they on. play characters of just like imagine stone surfer bros who are just go to uh, city council meetings to advocate for their pet projects, which usually involve either like a Paul Walker statue, just any inanity. 
One of them was uh, an, a, having finding a place where they could suntan their asshole. Yes, I did see. I think I saw that clip because they were advertising the show with that clip, mm-hmm. which is just, yeah. Uh, they also had some great clips of them going around Orange County handing out masks during the pandemic. And I love these guys because they're just so unwaveringly optimistic. And everybody shits in their face. They're just like, fuck off, get out of here. Oh, because of the mask. And the, yeah. They're just like, all right, cool. Yo, yo, you want a mask? We got a mask for you, bro. Yeah. Well, that's Orange County for you. <laughs> so now they have their own full-on show on Netflix, and I'm going to watch the shit out of this. Yes, yes. Now that you reminded me of who they of their shtick, I was like, okay, yeah, I do remember that. I do remember that clip, seeing that clip. It's good for a laugh. It's similar. It's on the same vein of like a Tim and Eric, Eric Andre, but just not as gross. <laughs> yeah, they're not gross and they're not really like intense yeah i think maybe it's like more of a joe para joe para kind of yeah yeah just the, the, that whole adult swim kind of just the, yeah it's weird but just but kind of wholesome also but at the same time it's it's weirdly wholesome but they also have they've got more energy than joe para yeah yeah joe para is <laughs> joe para is basically <laughs> he just talks to you while you sleep you know just like what human vicodin just like, oh, uh, so good. Hey, how's, how's it going, you guys? I'm just trying to, like, I'm going to go visit my neighbor. And, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then I can't remember if it's Chad or JT or which one of them, but the blonde one, um, he was actually in an episode of Barry in that last season. Ah, uh, yes. he. Uh, I'm guessing he's the guy who played the, uh, the baker. That kind uh-huh. of just like has that kind of like very relaxed surfer bro vibe and just like everybody's very excited to get like food from him, but also wisdom and yeah, sage it's beignets. Advice. There we go. It was beignets. Beignets. By, yeah, I forget the character name, but yeah, like yeah, he, like he he sold beignets and just like doled out the wisdom. Yeah, doled out the you know Cali surfer bro wisdom. It was so good. <laughs> it was just so good. It's a lot of good TV coming up. Definitely the mole, which I know some people are like, what? Rudy likes a reality show. So, yeah. <laughs> but yes. But it's a reality show with like an objective. And so let me be clear. When you're not watching Hot D, you watch the mole. Do love me some Hot D. There you go. Exactly. You still haven't forgotten about Hot D. Never forget about Hot D. <laughs> <laughs> Once you got Hot D on the brain, there's no room for anything else. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah house of the dragons is pretty good so like i mean i i don't know if we can let's see where are we like yeah like the time jump was kind of the thing where we were just like eh, i don't know if it'll work but then it works it works but now I, honestly the the women they have playing um is it alicent the the queen yeah alicent they look remarkably alike yeah no they did their homework uh, they did their job Renera, I mean, yeah, that, they're fine, mm-hmm. but like Allison, those actors, holy shit, yeah, dead ringers. Yeah, I did like uh, Olivia Cook. She was in uh, originally. She was in um, Bates Motel. She played the girl who needed the air tank. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, and she was also uh, the girl in Me, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Which I think oh, she yeah. also needed an air tank in that in that movie. So I was like, does she need an air tank in real life? No, 
No, clearly, because you see her on House of the Dragon. She can breathe fine. It's just that she played two roles where she was a girl that needed air, an air tank. So, you know, that's I'm really that's why glad it's stuck she in my got head. over that sickness that required an air tank. Yeah, that's good. For that's her. why it's stuck in my head, because they're just like two roles where she needs an air tank. So like, so I don't know. Weirdly specific. Yeah, maybe 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 if uh, something happens to her later on Hot D and uh, she needs like two men to work the bellows so that she can breathe. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just can't believe how much uh, the king is just withering away. Well, yeah, that's, that's called time. That's called time. But like, he got a cut on his hand and then his fingers were fucked up. Then he lost the fingers. Then his arm. He was like missing an arm. Yeah, his arm was all like crudded over and then they cut off his arm. Jesus. Yeah. That's why you got to be careful when you sit on the Iron Throne because they didn't have a <laughs> typhus, uh, like yeah. a, a, a TDAP shot for that. Let's get some gangrene going. I did find a positive story uh, just to kind of like tie it back into something good. In Los Angeles, uh, First Lady Jill Biden visited Homegirl Cafe during her second official L.A. visit. Right on. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Homegirl Cafe and Homeboy Industries, you know, in general, is a nonprofit that works to rehabilitate uh, former gang members. You know, teach them, teach them a trade and a skill, provides jobs, programs to, you know, laser off their gang tattoos basically just yeah cutting making a big dent in uh the you know the gang life or gang recruitment it was uh started in 92 by father greg boyle father gregory boyle it's just been doing good work ever since a lot it's been in a lot of different uh sectors so like you have like homeboy farmer's market uh Mm -hmm. homegirl catering they also uh, recently purchased a electronics recycling firm, so they've been oh, really? so yeah. So Homeboy Industries now has a you know a an electronics recycling component. Hey, good for them, man. Yeah, it's just I know we've been to the cafe, uh, and then I got the a duffel bag from them recently. Ah, man, I really gotta get that. Yeah, that duffel bag did look good. Um, but yeah, uh, I recently, like, well, not recently, a few, a while back, I t- had tried their, um, homeboy, uh, salsa and chips. So chips and salsa that they sell, you can buy that on Ralph's and it's actually pretty tasty. Okay. Good flavors. Yeah, good flavors. Chips are nice and crunchy. Just <laughs> plus, you know, you're supporting a local Los Angeles business. So get out there. Support them. And, you know, Homegirl Cafe is, you know, just on the uh, east side of Chinatown. So not that far. There's also um, uh, Highland Park Brewery, which is just up the road. Hold on. Definitely a lot of places to check out. Uh, Super worth it. Always support support local whenever you can. Yeah. Highland Park Brewery on Spring Street. Yep. So it's just, uh, just a little up the way, close to that new park that everyone keeps forgetting exists in Chinatown. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, the Los Angeles. Forgot it. I forgot that existed. Yeah, that's a that's a big venue for just a bunch of new concerts. Yeah, Los Angeles State Historic Park. It's just up the road, and it's a uh, it's it's hosted a lot of uh, big um, festival music festivals. Not like too big, but you know, big enough. You know, just for local stuff. Yeah, and also just like yeah, Ch- I just miss Chinatown. It's just 
So many good places to eat there. Uh, especially, I'm trying to remember that one bakery where I could get egg tarts. Which now reminds me of the bakery in Century City where I can get egg tarts. Ooh, yeah, Or no, yeah, those yeah. are... Or wait, what are those cheese tarts? No, those are cheese tarts. I think they were tarts. cheese tarts, but like they had some variety over that Century City Mall. Yeah. Yeah, those look good. <sighs> God damn it, now I'm just hungry again. All right, we got to stop with getting hungry. <laughs> Every time. Every time with this. Uh. Also, I also started watching uh, Dahmer on Netflix. And that's really fucking good. Uh, Evan Peters is Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. Whew, he is creepy as fuck. Evan Peters is really good, and he's been making his uh, he's been putting in work on American Horror Story on the American Horror Story franchise. So yeah, he's he's had a lot of practice in being creepy. Yeah, but like those are like fun creepy. This is like uncomfortable creepy. Yeah, this is a whole other level. And honestly, I don't know what it, I I don't know how tall he is. But he never struck me as like a big person. Mm-hmm. But he feels like a giant as Dahmer. And I think that's kind of wild. Like he's just very imposing as a very awkward and stiff person. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't see him as very tall, but also I don't know if that's just the camera work. Cause yeah. It could, Cause it could if be. If you told me like Evan Peters, just picture how tall he is, I don't picture him being very tall. No, not particularly. But now we're going to find out how tall he is. He is, god damn it, where the f- <laughs> He is 5'11". Okay, son of a bitch. Now I hate him. Now I hate him. How dare. I know. He's it's like I was taller than us. Like if he was 5'9", I'd be cool. But just that he's 5'11", it's like, okay, go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's like, that's too tall. That's too tall. And you're younger than me. Get out. He just like, I don't know what it is about like some, a lot of the characters he plays or whatever, but he just never seemed like a tall person to me. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't. But I, I guess because he's so youthful looking, so you, you know, and you know, he doesn't, he doesn't. Yeah, like he, little brother energy. Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah, he doesn't strike. He doesn't look as like lanky because usually lanky guys is like, okay, that's when you can tell like, okay, you're tall. Cause like, there's no way you're super skinny and, you know, short. Um, but yeah, I, you know what, Tyler, I got a recommendation for you now with the last couple of minutes here. Uh, it's this new taco. Well, not new. Sorry. It's this taco place. I, I found out about recently. It's a uh, Rico's tacos. Naomi. I mean, I'm already sold. Just tell me where it is. I know. I just told you Rico's tacos. Like it says right in there in the name there. They taste good. It's like, what more proof do you need? <laughs> <laughs> But apparently it's uh it's a, a mini empire because like it's it started less than two years ago. A husband and wife team, they met while they were working at Kogi. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's right. It, it, it's like normally that's a very interesting pedigree because you don't think of you know people like striking out on their own, like you know starting at like a renowned place like Kogi and then striking down on their own as like creating, you know, a, an empire of curbside taco stands. But yeah, yeah. Rico's Tacos Naomi. Uh, let's see. It's uh, uh, they have a Sonoran style trompo de adobada. So, okay. So, yeah. So, and the best part is they have multiple locations. Uh, let's see. Hold on, if I can come pull it up real quick, because I know there's some nearby to you. 
even better. Yeah. Okay, so there's uh, Hawthorne and Lennox, which is kind of near Inglewood. Uh, Obama and okay. La Brea. Yeah, the one in Lobra- Obama and La Brea is a 5080 Rodeo Road, which is near, I think, where the Target is. And there's one in Culver City, uh, 18th Street and La Cienega Boulevard, which I think is where the Ross... It's that big shopping center with the like warehouse shoe sale and... Uh oh, it's um it's just north of the 10 freeway where the Chick-fil-A is. Well, it used to be a Carl's Jr, but now it's a Chick-fil-A. Okay, okay, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so if you go a little north, it's all like on that corner. And so yeah, so it popped up because uh they mentioned it, I think on LA Taco and then I followed their Instagram and after seeing all their photos, I'm like, "Oh shit, I got to really try this place." So, I have no excuse because there's one location just you know, just like not like ten minutes away from me. So well, shit, maybe we might have to hit that up this weekend. Yes. So yeah, there. Uh, let's see. Their hours are four p.m. to eleven thirty, Tuesday through Thursday and Sunday, and then four p.m. to midnight Fridays and Saturdays. Nice. So I don't know. I'm gonna have to really try this place because damn, it, like those tacos look good. I'm gonna send you a photo soon. And then I'm pretty sure you're gonna bum rush the place tomorrow and tell me to and tell me I'm yeah moving. most likely. And it, for any listeners who are out there and maybe you want to try this place for yourself or let us know what it's like, hit us up on the socials at to live and try lay podcast on Instagram and at to live and try pod on Twitter or just send us a good old fashioned email to live and try and lay podcast at gmail.com. And and if you have your own favorite taco stand, you let us know where those locations are. You drop us a pin. Yeah. It's basically like a reverse Uber. Like you'll just you'll just text Tyler and he will go there and try the taco right there within the next I within will. within half an hour. Yeah. Provided traffic cooperates. I, I will be there. <laughs> Cash in hand because the good spots never take card. Yeah. Oh well, I don't know. Maybe they'll have like a PayPal thing. Wait, is it ah, PayPal? No. It's uh wait, what is it PayPal? No. It's um what the fuck's that one? Venmo, yes. Usually Venmo. I am yeah. very old. I only use Zelle. <laughs> Zelle. Like, maybe because I don't like a social media component with money transactions. It's like, motherfuckers, that's not what this is about. I don't need everyone to know how much money I'm spending for things. <laughs> Sometimes I like to go on and like comment on people's financial transactions. Hashtag the new social media. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I remember that night you were drunk and you just like, screw it. I'm going to make everything <laughs> awkward. I got so many weird messages from people going, what the fuck? It's like, you put it on public. What did you expect? You were asking for it. Strutting around. <laughs> you really were. Strutting around, letting everyone know you were paying 30 bucks for taco emojis. <laughs> you gave your roommate money. For bills, yeah. <laughs> or so you say. Who who are these bills, and why do you why do you know more than one bill? It's too many bills. Yeah. So yeah, that should be the next challenge. It's just the next challenge we should start is everyone just randomly comment on other people's Venmo purchases if they have it on on public. I'm surprised that hasn't been like a thing on TikTok or something. I mean, it brought down uh, what's his name, Matt Gates. You'd think people would learn their lesson. Exactly. <laughs> so that's the lesson. Just make it a private transaction. Yeah. So that's the lesson, kids. Don't use Venmo. Use Zelle. It's lame. 
but no one's gonna no one's gonna comment. Hey, what are you spending all this money for? Well, your bank might comment that, but yeah. my bank says a lot of things. Overdrawn this, foreclosure <laughs> that. You know what? I don't I don't listen to negativity. All right, I'm trying to be positive. And we are positive that this is the end of the episode, and hopefully you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a good night. <laughs>